All right, all right, 12.03 live here in studio. And as always, we'll be taking your phone calls throughout the hour here with Savannah. A couple ways to get a hold of us. You know the uh, phone lines, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. There's also help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. And uh, Savannah always answering his private number. If you have questions outside of the show, you're a little bashful to get on the air, 416-216-5910. Welcome, my friend, back for another week. Yeah, absolutely. How are you, John? Good. We always uh, kick off with a week that was some stories and some cases that you've been uh, going through this week. So why don't we get into that right away? Well, absolutely. Well, this uh, on, on this show, we're going to talk a bit about car accidents. This week was absolutely nuts. <laughs> uh, the weather the weather was just you know ex- extraordinary, or, or, or at least a lot of people thought that way uh, or didn't think that way because. Uh, as was reported on the news, uh, I think it was either Wednesday or Thursday that we had a crash every three minutes. It's crazy. It, it's there. insane. Absolutely. In fact, I'm looking at a National Post article uh, that's titled, You Can't Really Blame the Car. One collision every three minutes as Toronto snowstorm gives dr- drivers uh, wake-up calls. That's a good point. So, so let's, let's talk about a few scenarios here with car accidents that uh, you know, people should, uh, should, should become familiar with so that they know what to do in, in certain mm-hmm. events. Uh, so in this particular instance, I'm actually, um, I was dealing with a gentleman who was in a motorcycle accident. Uh, it was last year, and it was also uh, pretty bad weather. But the reason why he was in the accident is because another vehicle was making a left-hand turn into his lane. And so, you know, created Smoking, that crash. Yeah. Exactly. Now, this gentleman was 55 years old, suffered a broken leg, and he worked in a semi-physical job in a shop. He had difficulty, obviously, oh, sure. going back to work. He was in rehab. He had surgery, yep. everything. Uh, and you know there was a huge concern about what to do with the income that he wasn't able to learn uh, to, to learn to earn. Yep. And so of course we were able to get him income replacement benefits, which you can get. That's uh, pretty quick, injured. right? Very very yeah. quick, absolutely. And we were able to get him the treatments that he needed. Uh, he was categorized as uh, outside of the minor injury guidelines that we spoke about last time, which means that uh, you know he the had MIG. the MIG exactly. Right. He had up to fifty thousand dollars worth of benefits that were available to him. Uh, and again, for people who who haven't heard us before or haven't heard the last show, uh, you are entitled to those kinds of benefits regardless of whether you are at fault or not from your own auto insurance company. So, you know, he got these treatments and he was slowly getting back to normal. At some point, obviously, he had to get back to work. He had to support his family. And so we started the claim last year fairly quickly after the accident uh, because, as you know, John, I don't, uh, uh, you know, I, 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 I don't wait. We have to start these kinds of claims very quickly. People are in dire need and they need to get these benefits. And, uh, you know, earlier this week, I met with the lawyer for the driver okay. who was responsible for the accident. Yep. So that's the lawyer that was hired by the insurance company. Uh, and, you know, and we chatted for about an hour. We went through absolutely everything. Yeah, I advanced our position. He advanced his position. And, you know, within an hour, we, we were able to resolve this claim cool. wow. uh, for, for a six-figure settlement. Come on. Absolutely. Now, keep in mind, this gentleman got back to work and is actually earning more money than he did before the accident. Okay, so for people out there who have been told or think that if you're in a car accident and then you get back to work because you really have to, I mean, you can't just mm-hmm. afford to stay at home, uh, you have a family to support, you have, you know, you have to, 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 to bring home the bacon, as they say, uh, it doesn't mean that you have no claim, especially when you're dealing with more significant injuries like fractures, like tears, shoulder tears. Uh, you know, if, if, you know, you have an injury that prevents you from working to your full capacity. So you may be earning the same income, but you need more frequent breaks. Uh, you know, you need uh, accommodation. Perhaps your job is a bit different. Even if you're making the same money, you are still going to be likely entitled to some form of compensation for your pain and suffering. So he's back at work and he gets the money as well from the, uh, yes, from the claim. Yes, absolutely. Is it, in that case, is it a lump sum or is it paid out over It's time? lump sum. Wow. It's lump sum. Yeah, he, he, he was very happy with the resolution. 
And, and, you know, at the end of the day, I can't tell you that the insurance company overpaid here. They paid exactly what they were supposed to pay. It's just that we advanced the case as mm-hmm. we should have in a timely manner, produced all the documents, had a frank discussion with the other side, and resolved it. And this person, this, this client of ours, never saw a day in court never had to be questioned by the other lawyer. So easy. It, it's, it's, yeah, exactly. And I can't say, right. Yep. And not every case is the same way, sure. but that's the way we handle these cases. I mean, we, we put them through, through the claims process as soon as possible. We make sure that people's claims are resolved uh, in, in the most efficient and, and quickest way possible. What happened to his bike? Is uh, that factored in too? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, the bike, it's just like a vehicle. Yep. Uh, yep. This particular, uh, well, this bike was, uh, was written off. For sure. There was just too much damage. Uh, but, you know, if it can be repaired, just like a car, it will be repaired. And again, if there are any issues uh, that people have with their insurance companies, and they do, obviously, sometimes they want the vehicle repaired. Sometimes, they, they, you know, they would rather have it written off. We talked about those kinds of issues before. That's something you deal with your insurance company, not, not the insurance company for whoever was at fault. Right. Uh, but we help people with those kinds of claims as well. We get to uh, another one quickly before we break. Yeah, give us another one. What else happened? Well, th- this is another interesting yeah. one. This is a lady that uh, contacted us after hearing the show. Cool. And she was in an accident again last year. But what she did, and it's unfortunate, and I know other people who have tried to do this, is she thought, well, I can do this on my own. I can file a claim on my own. Mm-hmm. I can proceed with the, with the claims process, et cetera. So what did she do? She hired a lawyer to prepare the actual claim, the draft the claim and file the claim with the court. And, of course, once she did that uh, and she started getting letters from the insurance company's lawyers, she was panicking. She had no idea what to do. I mean, once, understand them. No, 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 no <laughs> idea. I mean, this, listen, this is, it's, it's, not, it's not a complicated process, but you have to have the technical expertise to deal with it. It's no different than any other profession, engineering, uh, mm-hmm. dentist, anything like that. So, you know, the, the problem is that as soon as she did what she did, in other words, have a lawyer just draft a claim and then handle the claim on her own, right. she now sort of red flagged herself. And so she went to about two other lawyers before she came to me, before she heard us on the radio, and none of those lawyers wanted to deal with her. Because, Why? Well, because as soon as you see someone who uh, seems to think that they can They're do this. Going alone. Or, right. This is not small claims. You're talking about superior court. You're talking about a, a more involved uh, type of a claim, you know, serious injuries. And those lawyers just decided, you know, we're just not going to touch this. So she came to us. One of my associates ended up speaking with her and got all the information. We had a chat. We had a discussion. And, uh, you know, we looked at her tax returns, and you can see that there was a decrease in the amount of money that she was able to earn as a result of her injuries. Yep. So in any event, we, d- we decided, you know, let's see if we can help this lady. And so, uh, you know, we, we, we met with her, and we are going to be able to help awesome. her. Awesome. What I can tell you is that, I, and that's what I'm not sure yet, is I'm not sure if she's done some damage to the claim that I won't be able to repair. Yeah. But whatever happened, we're going to try and help her. And, uh, you know, it's a good thing that she listened to the show and actually called us because she could have gone through five other lawyers. and, and some w- deep water, baby. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's a legitimate claim. And, yeah. and the accident wasn't her fault. Right. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Maybe you're one of uh, about a million people in the GTA that got into a fender bender this past week with all the snow. You got questions about it? Give Savannah Collies here right up until 1 o'clock. Call that number or you can uh, email help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. Lots more of the insurance and injury law show coming up. Talk radio, AM640. Well, the takeaway message each week is here. It's not that difficult. It just requires a phone call to get your claim happening and sort this out. Don't do it yourself. You know, we were talking during the break about your one client uh, who finally phoned you. You know, she's, she's thought she'd take it under her own uh, advisement and, and take on the insurance company, make her claim. It's amazing. And, uh, you know, it's, it's not an insult to anybody, but it's amazing how if, you know, the, the juxtaposition of someone figures, oh, I'll just, I'll just handle this accident claim I got injured, I'll deal with the insurance company. 
They'll do that on their own, but when it comes to programming their cell phone, they'll spend three hours at the Rogers Depot because they can't figure it you out. You know? it. Which exactly. one's more important here? Right? I'm, I, I know. I'm seriously, and you know, and the problem is that they end up coming to us when when the damage has been done. Exactly, and, and we can't term. repair the damage. I yeah. mean, keep in mind there are time limitations. Absolutely, that, that we have to adhere to, and yeah. it's not that simple to simply go back in time and and sort of undo and, and unravel what has already been done. It's kind of why you went to law school. Because you got expertise in this area, right? Yeah, <laughs> you know I, I, I would think so, yes. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Uh, like we said, it was a busy week with all the car accidents. People Very just busy. all of a sudden forget how to drive. Uh, Mike, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Okay, so you got a question for Savan. Go ahead. Yes, I do. Hi, Savan. Hi, Mike. Um, the question, uh, my si- situation is that I have a two-page letter from my doctor saying that I'm ill and injured and unable to go to work. So that has been submitted to the insurance company, and, and the insurance company declines because, you know, they don't want to pay. But what happens is that my employer is interpreting that as, oh, he is able to come back to work. So they're offering me an accommodation, which I have not asked for, and they're saying we need your doctor to be able to comment on whether this accommodation, you'll be able to return to work with this accommodation. Is that something my employer is entitled to do by law? Well, certainly, uh, you know, to, to the extent that you can be accommodated, uh, the employer has an obligation uh, to, you know, to accommodate you. The insurance company can't force you to go back to work if you're not ready. And certainly if uh, you feel that, uh, you know, going back to work is going to make you worse and your doctor backs you up on that, if I were you, I would not go back to work. Yeah. Uh, but let me ask you a few questions. What's the nature of your injury? What happened? Uh, it's a repetitive strain injury. Okay. And uh, did this just happen recently, or is this something that's been ongoing for a while? It's been ongoing for a while, and it's just been getting progressively worse, and, 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 it, and it got uh, really bad, too. I also have a, a situation of um, adrenal um, insufficiency uh, due to just too much stress. How long have you, have you been off work? Um, since uh, early May this year, uh, but I tried going back to work early this year, but I couldn't get the full-time hours. So really, my last full-time uh, hours were back in June of 2013. Okay, well, which insurance company are we dealing with? Short-term disability, long-term disability? It's uh, both, actually. Uh, okay. Short, I can't seem to get past the short-term disability. They always cut me off before I would be eligible for long-term disability. Okay. Well, Mike, I can tell you right now that if you cannot go back to work, if you yes. feel that you can't, and if your doctor is backing you up, yes. you should not be going to work. And if you're having issues with your insurer, yes. if the adjuster is, is effectively harassing you into going back to Actually, work... it's my employer, not the Your employer. Company. Okay. Well, yes. sorry, your employer is, is, is saying that you should be able to go back to work? Correct. Okay. Well... You know, it, it comes down really to what the doctor is saying here. If the doctor is saying that you're not able to go back to work, then you're not. And, and this is something that's very important for our listeners to, um, uh, you know, to know. Uh, as, as many of you know, uh, my partner hosts the Employment Hour, and he talks about these kinds of issues all the time. Yep. Uh, you know, employers have to accommodate. They certainly can't pressure you to go back to work, particularly if the doctor, your doctor, a specialist, family doctor, etc., is, is saying that you cannot go back to work or you need certain accommodations that the employer is unable to provide. So if you have an employment issue, contact us. We deal with employment as well as injury claims. Okay. So what I would tell Mike is that give us a call. John's going to give you the numbers, and uh, you know we'll definitely be able to help you. Mike, that number, 416-216-5910, or help at the insurancelawyer.ca, the email 
uh, Savannah anytime. It's, it's true that the, the Dodgers opinion generally trumps all. Absolutely. Case, right. Whatever yep. they say, you can't go back. You're not going back. Your employer can whine, bitch, complain all they want. You're not going back. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, the problem is a lot of times employers think that, uh, well, if the person's not coming back, we, we can just fire them. Well, that raises a whole host of issues that, again, Lior always talks about. Mm-hmm. And, and what I would urge people is that if, in fact, you're in that situation, give us a call. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll chat with you and we'll tell you exactly what your options are and what you can do. Take a short break. 416-870-6400. Star 640 on sale. Lots more of the Insurance and Injury Law Show coming up on Talk Radio AM 640. That's some hardcore music you got going there. I wow. know. Huh? I thought it was Monday Night Football for a minute. It's in line with the weather. <laughs> That's right. Uh, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. I want to get into a slip and fall case that we were talking about or we meant to talk about right off the uh, top of the hour. First, so uh, bounce over to Liz. Hello, Liz. Hi, how are you doing? Good, excellent. You got a question for Savannah. Go ahead. Yeah, sort of um, a follow-up to that last caller. He was talking about medical information on a disability claim. Mm-hmm. Right. I wanted to know what, um, like, presumably whatever that medical information he had probably contained confidential information if it's like a lengthy letter. I just wondered, is the employer entitled to request, uh, like the HR department of the employer, are they entitled to request like the detailed medical information when you have uh, like a a disability insurer that you should be dealing with? Like what extent of medicals does your employer have the right to? Well, the, the employer is really interested to know or should be interested in knowing when can you get back to work? And, and really, that's, that's where we're looking for when we're trying to figure out what they're entitled to. I mean, your disability insurer is going to be more interested in the actual disability, the details of it, sure. uh, and everything around that. Uh, you know, with respect to the employer, uh, they really need to know what is the prognosis. When are you going to get back to work and what accommodations, if any, you're going to require? So if they're delving and asking too much, no, they're not allowed to know every detail of your medical condition. Yeah, okay. Thank you. You're All right, welcome. Liz, appreciate it. So they can't say, okay, so what's wrong with you? No, they can't. So it doesn't matter. I'm coming back in six months. My doctor says so. Absolutely. And, and again, if you need accommodations, then the, de- right. the, the, the doctor is going to detail right. that, and they have to comply. Let's talk about that slip and fall case that we're going to get to. This is, this is quite interesting, actually. Okay. This, is a, 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 this is an older couple um, out of Milton who had contacted me because uh, um, the, the, the lady there uh, slipped and fall slipped and fell, slipped and fell uh, on ice. And this just happened uh, a few weeks ago. And my understanding is that she has a torn ligament. I'm actually going to go and see them this Tuesday. And I'm just going to read you a portion of the email that he had sent me, that the husband had sent me, okay. uh, which, which again is just uh, characteristic of some of the phone calls and emails I've been receiving after the shows here when people uh, you know, have, have gotten to know what their rights are and what Good. they should be doing. Uh, so, so he wrote me, you know, thank, thank you for getting in touch with my wife and I. We listened to your insurance and injury show, uh, and I found it very informative and educational. If you did not give clear advice, we would not have known what to do when the unfortunate event happened to my wife. I'm writing to outline the incident and what we have done so far. I also attach photos of the slip and fall location. Smart. Yeah. I he took has these, been listening. He has been listening, yeah. exactly. Uh, I took these photos the same night of the incident. Brilliant. Uh, they showed the messy and icy sidewalk and road conditions. Now, the other thing, this is actually a lengthy email, and one of the things that he said, which is very, very important, especially when you slip and fall on ice uh, on city property, is he contacted the city clerk and notified them of the claim within days of the incident. Exactly, he got 10 days. Exactly. And it's extremely important to do that. There are rare exceptions 
where you can say, you know, I wasn't able to provide that notice. Yep. But generally speaking, when you slip and fall on icy sidewalks uh, or any city property as a result of ice, very, very important to get a hold of the city to let them know in writing what happened, give them the precise location so that they can actually go and investigate the conditions of the sidewalk. Very important. So I'm going to go and see that gentleman. Good. And, and my understanding is that his wife is not in good shape right now. Uh, you know, from what he's described to me, it could be a very lengthy uh, recovery for her. So we have to start a claim as soon as possible. But again, that, that, came, uh, that claim similar to any others that we've talked about this morning on the phones or otherwise can be wrapped up fairly simply with, with, with your help, obviously. Yeah, right? absolutely. And yeah. again, every case is fact specific. But what's important is, you know, to know what to do from the outset, to make sure that you contact us so that we can tell you what to do. And John, I should, I should, I should mention this to, to our listeners. You know, in not every instance do we tell someone that, you know, you should hire us and, uh, hire us and we should, you know, act for you. In fact, in about 20 to 25% of the cases, I tell people, you don't actually need us right now, but yeah. here's the information you need to know. And here's what you need to do in the event that you will need us right. down the road. So yeah. it's very, very important. We don't pressure you to do anything you don't want to do. You have to know what your options are. And every case is different in every circumstance, in every type of incident. There may be certain uh, facets of the incident that you have to be aware of. Right. And maybe you have to go and get that extra information so that down the road, you'll, you know, we'll be able to help you. Mm-hmm. Very, very important. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Savannah's number anytime outside of show hours, as you probably know, 416-216-5910. Uh, I want to get into some car accident stuff because this weekend was just like you said. Every, it worked out to be about every three or four seconds there was an accident. And minutes. In, in minutes, rather, there was it's someone slamming into somebody, rolling off a right. ditch or whatever. So people forget how to drive. If you know a little bit of snow and it's all done, yeah. snow tires, please. Uh, if so, if you're in a car accident and uh, you were driving, say, without insurance, uh, can you still make a claim for compensation against whoever was at fault? No. No, really? very, very important. Oh I mean, aside from the fact that it's you illegal. Have, it's illegal, <laughs> yeah. right? And, and and you know you're gonna you're gonna be in big trouble. You're gonna you know uh, you're, you're gonna be fined. You're gonna be charged. You if you are injured. Uh, in a car accident and you have no insurance, you're in, in a very bad state. Particularly if your injury is very serious, you can't go back to work, you will not be allowed to make a claim against whoever was at fault. So, you know, if, if anything, just understand that there are repercussions beyond just getting, you know, the merit points and fine. Okay, I see. Very, yeah. very serious. You yeah. may be able, you're still going to be able to get accident benefits. You're still going to be able to get some benefits for treatments and, and things like that. But certainly making a claim against whoever was at fault and getting their insurer to pay you for pain and suffering, mm-hmm. no, you will be precluded from being able to do that. 416 870 star 640 on sales. The number I got uh, Jamie. Hi, Jamie. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Okay, got a question for Savannah. Go ahead. Yeah, um, back in June, uh, one of my friends was walking on uh, Finch Avenue, and she apparently fell right by a tripping hazard, and she was severely injured, and um, she had missed time off work, and she was um, in in a great deal of pain uh, because of her injuries. And I'm wondering, um, she has tried with the city, you know, um, for six months, and she has not gotten any money whatsoever, compensation from the city at all. Well, Jamie, do you know what exactly happened? What was the hazard? Um, Well, apparently, yeah, because she said to me, you know, she's walking on Finch, and apparently that the sidewalk um, wasn't even property. Right. And the sidewalk did have a, a tripping hazard. And she basically was bleeding and she was rushed to the hospital. 
and basically that nobody is helping her with compensation. She's been having issues with, uh, you know, pain in her hip, and she's been having a lot of um, struggles since that accident. Okay. Jamie, the fact that the city is not uh, is either dragging their feet or they're probably saying that they're still doing an investigation. I love that, by the way, John, when they, they say that they're doing an investigation and the investigation uh, takes months and months and months. I mean, just go yeah. to the location, take some photos, see what's going on, see if there is a hazard, if it needs to be repaired. And by the way, a lot of times when you get notice of these hazards, the city goes and repairs the sidewalks. And so a lot of times when I've spoken to people, Right after the incident, uh, they will uh, take photos of the hazard, and then they'll come back a week later or a month later fixed. after the no- fixed yeah. exactly Miracle. exactly. So what I would tell you, Jamie, is have your friend give me a call. Even though there are notice provisions to the city, it, it seems to me here that she presumably gave notice because the mm-hmm. city is dealing with it. Uh, but you know, it's again one of those instances where if you do it by yourself. This is what happens. It's what happens. You're not going to get very far because you don't know how much you can press. You don't know what you need to ask for. You don't know who to deal with. You know, we have to deal with this very quickly and we have to deal with this in the right way. And, you know, if you give me a call, then I'll spend with you a few moments on the phone and I'll tell you exactly what she can or cannot do. Jamie, that number for your friend, 416-216-5910, or you can email help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. And the phone number here until uh, 1 o'clock, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Love getting your phone calls. More of the insurance and injury law show coming right up on Talk Radio AM 640. Taking your calls if you uh, throw them by us, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. I want to remind you, uh, Savannah, you uh, just mentioned as well, they go to insurance. Insuranceandinjurylaw.com. There's a, you can click on a list of all the accident reporting centers they can go to. Right. Which there's is a huge. There's a red button there, yeah. and you can just click on it. It doesn't matter where you are in Ontario, uh, you'll be able to click on it, and, and it will show you all the collision centers in Ontario. Yep. If you're bashful as well, you can go to mydisabilityquestions.com and myaccidentquestions.com, and it's a service where they can throw a question out there. There's probably already an answer for it. And I'll answer. If not, they'll get one. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Back into uh, car accident stuff because it was a rough week weather wise and on the roads. Now, a question uh, let me ask you this. If, you, if you're in a car crash, uh, the other drivers fled the scene, maybe not knowingly, right? They bumped you, you went into a ditch, they kept going, whatever. Uh, you weren't able to get his contact info. Can you still be compensated for any injuries? Yes, you can, absolutely. And we see, we see this not only with people who, f- who flee the scene, but sometimes you have an accident and whoever was responsible for your accident uh, doesn't have uh, the full limits of insurance okay. that most of us would have. So we would call them underinsured. They would have little insurance. Or sometimes we have situations where, as we talked about before, you have no insurance. Mm-hmm. So someone you know, uh, re-rendered you or caused the accident and they have no insurance. Well, what do you do in that situation? Well, what you do is you make a claim with your own insurance company. Every standard automobile insurance policy in the province contains an endorsement called an OPC of 44. Okay. And it's an endorsement. It's basically a section of your policy that you are paying for. You and I are paying for it, John, uh, that protects you in the event that you are injured in an accident where the other driver either flees the scene, has very little insurance, so underinsured, mm-hmm. or has no insurance. Okay, so for people who've been in an accident and you're worried that the other driver has no insurance or you don't know who it is, you know, but there is damage to the car, you are injured, you're having difficulty at home, at work, whatnot, you can still get compensation pursuant to that endorsement. No kidding. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. 
uh, was in an accident, police didn't come, should I report and go to one of those collision centers we just mentioned? Yeah, what I usually tell people is that if if you are injured or if there is enough damage to the car, and by enough I mean, let's say $1,000 or more. That's easy. Th- th- exactly. That's everything. Very easy. Exactly. <laughs> That's everything. The standard rule or the standard advice I give is go to the collision center, to the nearest one near you. And again, you can go to the website, the insurance and injury law.com uh, website. Click on the red button. It'll tell you where to go, what's nearest to you. Make sure you have a report. Get a copy of that report. That report will have not only your information and hopefully the other driver's information, uh, because hopefully they would have gone there as well, but it will have a description of what happened. And many times, John, I see these kinds of... um, of reports where the other driver, whoever was at fault, did not go to the collision center. Okay. And so what we're left with is just a description of the accident that was prepared by my client who was not at fault for the accident. And of course, that's great. No kidding. Because when it comes time to make a claim, now we Only have... Only one story. You got it. You got yeah. one story. You don't have a contradicting story. So very nice. important, make sure you do that and make sure you get a copy of that. And if you are going to a lawyer for advice or you're going to someone uh, to talk about this, don't give them the original. Just keep a copy for yourself in the event that you need it. Well, that brings up this question. If you, if you don't have a police report but you were injured, can you still make a claim against whoever was responsible? Yes, you can. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, you know, having a police report or having the police attend the scene of the accident uh, doesn't, you know, f- for them not to be there doesn't mean you don't have a claim. In fact, I, I have quite a few cases that I'm dealing with right now. Uh, where you know the accident did not seem like a very big accident. Mm-hmm. There was a you know little property damage. Uh, my clients on the day of the accident thought, you know, I, I, I have aches and pains. But then the next morning they woke up and they were in tremendous pain, right. back pain, neck pain. Couldn't go back to work. Uh, you know, had to take weeks if not months off work. Uh, so yeah, no, absolutely. Even if there is no police report, or even if there is no uh, self-reporting collision center report, okay. you can still make a claim. Just make sure that you know you you document somehow how the accident happened. As we know, with time, memory fades. Yep. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty on cell or Savan at theinsurancelawyer.ca or help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. And any time uh, after one o'clock, you got to get a hold of Savan. You can do so at four one six two one six fifty nine ten. So I, I've been in an accident, uh, was injured, wasn't my fault. Can I still make a claim if I didn't have my seatbelt on? Very good question. It's a big and one, right? It's a very big one. And keep in mind, whenever we make claims for pain and suffering and for other types of, of um, uh, damages, one of the first questions that a defense lawyer for an insurance company is going to ask, uh, if they get an opportunity to ask you questions, is were you wearing a seatbelt? And occasionally we do have people who say, no, we were not wearing, I was not wearing yep. a seatbelt. And, and of course, you know, that's other than being stupid, uh, yep. you know, that you should just and to illegal. avoid an injury. And illegal, exactly. Uh, if you do resolve the claim, and, and we can still resolve your claim, you can okay. still get damages for your pain and suffering, but guess what? You're going to be held contributorily negligent for your injuries. The courts have recognized, I mean, we're talking about the highest courts in the country, have recognized that if you don't wear a seatbelt and you are injured, they will deduct a certain amount from It'll whatever take a damage cash from you got. Damages, and it can right, be as high right. as 25%. Wow. So if your claim is worth. A million bucks, it's, you know, you can be reduced by $250,000. So wear your seatbelt, not just because of that, obviously, but, you know, for safety reasons. Kind of simple. Just reach over, grab it. Yeah, absolutely. But 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 there are consequences. Absolutely. Now, if you're uh, in a car accident, you weren't at fault. Uh, The insurance company for the at-fault driver tries to contact you. Should you even talk to them? No. 
No, you should not. Keep in mind, if an insurance company contacts you, that's not your insurance company. Right. It's the other driver's insurance company, whoever it was at fault. Red flag. W- red flag. Why are they contacting you? They're contacting you uh, to, to try and understand more about your case. You know what's interesting, John? A lot of times when insurance companies contact people who've been injured in an accident, they, they, they will not just ask them for information. They'll ask them to sign authorizations to release medical documents. And I'm sure there's going to be listeners out there right now who say, oh, this happened to me. Uh, I've been in an accident. wasn't my fault. Got a phone call from the other driver's insurance company, and they want to see my medical records. Do not sign anything. The only reason they need this information, the only reason they want to talk to you is so that they can assess the claim and potentially, potentially offer you a little bit of money to close your claim. And be done with it. And be done with it. Which does happen, believe it or not. And once that's happened, you're done. Oh, my God. I've seen cases where people have accepted $5,000, $10,000 when the claims were worth six figures. <laughs> and, it, and it's very <sighs> difficult to undo wow. these kinds of settlements. Yeah. I mean, sometimes in rare circumstances, you can. Very dangerous. Don't talk with the other driver's insurance company. There is a reason they're contacting you, uh, and it's not for your benefit. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. We'll get to some more calls here. Also, 416-216-5910. That is Savan's number. You can also email him at help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. More of the insurance and injury law show coming up. Talk radio, AM 640. 1244. I get to a lot more stuff before we wrap it up around 1 o'clock. Always the phones go first. Got Sarah on the line. Hi, Sarah. How are you? Yeah, good. All right. Um, my question is, my daughter was in a car accident um, about uh, last year in February, and what happened was the insurance company, instead of paying for physiotherapy and massage, they asked her to get her employer to pay for it, which exhausted all of her benefits through her employer, and then after that they said they'd pay for it. Uh, I don't understand that procedure. <laughs> Sarah, let me answer that. That's that's a very frequent question that I receive. And, you know, insurance companies are bound by the uh, the regulations that we have that tell them exactly uh, when they should pay what, how much, and, and in what priority. And, and they are correct in this instance. If you are injured in a car accident, whether or not it's your fault, and you have benefits through work, those benefits get accessed first. It, it's not fair. I disagree with it. But that's the way that the law is written. So yeah, the insurance company is correct in saying you have to use those benefits to get your massage, your chiral, physio, any of that. And to the extent you need more treatments beyond that, we will then cover them up to the maximum allowable amount. So you've got to exhaust those benefits first through your employer. You do, absolutely, okay. exactly. How about this question? You're, uh, you're driving, getting a car accident. You guys, uh, you swap insurance information. You're going to make a claim, go to the reporting center. And, oh, look at that. You've got the same insurance company, both of us. Well, that's an excellent question. And, uh, a wise woman asked that question a, a one wise time, woman. so I'm, I'm relaying it over to you. In fact, a very wise and beautiful yeah, woman who yeah. just texted me, happened no to be my wife. Go, go uh, figure. Yeah, go figure that. But it's a very good question. What happens if you are injured in a car accident and you have this exact same insurance company as whoever uh, was at fault for the accident? Cool. It's irrelevant. It doesn't matter. It means that now if you make a claim against the other driver, you're going to have an adjuster on that side for the same insurance company who's going to deal with your claim, but that adjuster's job is to protect the at-fault party, the other driver, whereas you're going to have also an adjuster from the same insurance company dealing with your benefits. So you're dealing with two separate adjusters. 
uh, and, and you know, you're entitled to certain benefits mm-hmm. from your insurance company with one adjuster, and then you're going to ma- make a claim uh, against the same insurance company w- uh, and deal with the other adjuster. Again, brings me to my point, John. Don't do this yourself. Yeah. Okay? It can get very complicated. It can get very messy. And the one thing I hate seeing, and it does happen, it should not happen, but it does happen, the adjusters, sometimes they should not, but they do communicate between themselves, and they're not allowed. There has to be a Chinese really? wall. Right. As between them, they're not allowed to release information to each other. But believe it or not, sometimes it does happen. I can tell you that as, you know, having done defense work myself in the past, mm-hmm. it should not happen, but, you know, it does happen. So, again, you're in that situation, you give us a call immediately. So we'll go back to our other point uh, that we made in the last break, saying if the insurance company adjuster calls you, do not talk to them. Do you talk to that adjuster, even though it's your insurance company, or no? Still you, don't talk to them. You, you only talk to your own adjuster. Uh-huh. And even then, by the way, if you are injured... You know, talk to your adjuster, but keep in mind, again, it's just like every insurance policy in every insurance situation. Mm -hmm. The adjuster is there technically to help you because it's your insurance. But what is their overall objective? Overall objective is to have the insurance company pay you as little as possible. That's just the reality of it. You got a cool email just came through. Read that out for me. Yeah, I I, I just received an email, a very interesting email. Uh, I'm not going to mention the name. I'm just going to read it, and then I'm going to answer it. Uh, So the email reads... After being on long-term disability for a couple of years, my insurance company is requesting that I have the above-referenced assessments, even though my medical doctor has indicated within the last couple of months in writing that given my medical conditions, I am not able to return to work without significant improvement. The insurance company has accepted her medical status reports and supporting reports with no issues from my insurance provider. My concern is that the insurance company will find medical practitioners to counter the medical evidence Mm -hmm. provided by my doctor, Please provide me with any direction on how to best deal with the upcoming medical testing and any recommendations if my disability pension has been terminated. So in a nutshell. In a nutshell, what are we dealing with? We're dealing with someone, John, we talked about this before, who's been on disability for two years. So we're probably approaching the two-year mark when you're going to have to show that you're not just disabled from being able to do your own job. You're disabled from doing any job for which you're suited by education, training, or experience. So modify duties. Exactly. Now, your insurance company, despite whatever your doctors are saying wants to send you to their own doctors. What do you think those doctors who are being paid by the insurance company are going to say? Get your butt to work. Right. They're going to say, you're not that injured. Or, yeah, I mean, most likely, and again, I'm not going to paint everyone with the same brush, but I can tell you I've done enough of these uh, to, to be very suspicious when the insurance company says that, you know, it's one thing for us to read your own doctor's opinions, but we want you to be seen by our own doctors. Okay. They're probably setting up this individual to be cut off of benefits. So what I would tell this person, and I'll respond to them off air, contact me. We have to be prepared for the eventuality, and it's going to happen very soon that you're going to be cut off. Tim, hang on the line. We'll get to you after a quick break. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. That number to get a hold of Savan, 416-216-5910, and also help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. Insurance and Injury Law Show, Talk Radio, AM640. See if we can uh, rattle through a call, my friend. Get some more stuff out there before we wrap it up for a, uh, another show. We got uh, Tim on the line. Hello, Tim. Hey, Tim. Hi, how are you? Good, pal. What's up? I've got a question regarding suspended drivers and insurance. Yes. There's a lot of suspended drivers driving around, and sometimes they'll put the insurance in their wife's name or whatever. If a suspended driver is involved in an accident, does that make him, does that make the insurance null and void? Hmm. Well, if, okay, well, the question has a few parts, actually. Uh, If... 
uh, as a suspended driver, uh, you're driving with suspended license. It means you have no insurance, which means that you're not going to be able to make a claim against whoever was at fault for the accident. Uh, but, but, you know, if you're involved in an accident uh, and you're not at fault and the other driver was driving with a suspended license, yep. if that happens, then what happens in that situation is you would be making a claim against that driver. But also, as we said before... Okay, you're going to bring in your own insurance company into the equation because the other driver then is uninsured. Very, very important. And, 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 you know, that's a good question because a lot of lawyers, when they deal with these kinds of claims, fail to realize that. And so they make the mistake at the beginning of not adding their own client's insurance company to the claim. And that only delays matters because by the time you have to, to go ahead and do that, uh, you know, y- you could be losing months, if not years. Right. So, so absolutely, you're absolutely right, Tim. Uh, we do see that happen. Uh, if you are driving with a with suspended license, uh, then you're not insured. And it's, it's that simple. People just seatbelts, you know, suspended license, not carrying insurance. It's crazy. We'll right. I mean, the, the majority the time, of right? people, you know, abide by the law and they do exactly what they should be doing. But it's very important to know that, you know, if you compromise your insurance by, by doing something you're not supposed to, not paying your premium, mm-hmm. the insurance, the insurance elapsed, you know, you're putting yourself and those who drive with you in harm's way. If you're, uh, if you're contacted by the other driver's insurance company, what do you do? Uh, you don't talk to them. Not at all. No, yeah. you only talk yeah. to your own insurance company, uh, to, to your own adjuster. And again, if you are injured, you make sure that you get the legal help you need. You make sure you get advice immediately. And the reason you do that is because you have to know what your rights are. You have to know what the time limitations are. So, for example, even with respect to your own insurance company, mm-hmm. to get the benefits you need to get, you have to file the proper forms within 30 days of the accident. Right. And some people don't know that. They'll come to our office six months later saying, you know, I've been paying out of pocket for all these treatments. When what can I do? Exa- yeah. What can you do? And again, you know, why wait? I mean, just make sure that you get the proper legal advice from the beginning. It doesn't cost you anything to do that. You know, our lawyers, our, our team speaks to people, tons of people on a weekly basis, on a daily basis, really. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, we're just here to give information. And if we can help you, we will. Do I got to call a lawyer right after a car crash? It depends. If you're injured, yes. Okay. You don't have to, right. but it's a pretty thing to do. You should. It's, okay. no, it's, the same, it's the same advice I give people. That if you're injured after an accident, should you go to the doctor? Well, you don't have to, but you should. You should. You should get checked out. And how many times do I hear about people who uh, think that they're okay and, and you know, they'll stay in bed for a week, go to the hospital only to find out that they tore their meniscus, in the, you know, knee injury, yeah. very severe knee injury. And, and, and again, the longer you delay getting help, whether it's medical or legal, the more risk you're adding to your claim, uh, to your own condition, and, and just to the overall recovery. If you're not alone, if it's you and the passenger were both injured in the car crash, can they both get compensated? Who compensates? It, it all depends. If the driver of that vehicle was responsible, then okay. the passenger then has a claim against the driver's insurance company. Okay, so if you and I are in the same car, I'm driving, you're injured because I did something stupid or something wrong, I was negligent, mm-hmm. you can make a claim against me. But it's not against me, really. It's my insurance company that's going to compensate you. And that goes for a family member. Absolutely. And we see that a lot. I mean, we, you know, we all drive with friends and family and, and colleagues yep. all the time. But what happens in a situation where you and I are in the same car, we're at a stoplight and someone rear-ends us right. and we're both injured. Well, then we both have a claim against the other, other driver. driver. Exactly. And in that case, in those circumstances, I'm usually able to help uh, the, the, the passenger and the driver with respect to that claim. And that claim, does, does either their insurance even, let's, oh, let's make, take it a little deeper, 
not even the person driving the car. It, someone hit you from behind. You've been injured. You're the passenger. Does your insurance company ever come into play or no? Well, you're going to get your benefits uh, uh, through the insurance company of the vehicle that you are in. And there, there's a right. priority. I mean, a lot of times, right. you know, when you're dealing in these kind of situations, uh, it, it, you know, it, this goes back to the question of one of the other callers mm-hmm. of, you know, which benefits get accessed first? Well, sometimes you have multi-vehicle collisions and, and there's multiple insurance companies involved. Very, very important to make sure that the right insurer pays uh, uh, at the beginning, in the middle of the end. So, you know, we have to sort through that. Uh, so, so absolutely. The answer is that uh, uh, you know it's going to be the insurance company of the vehicle you were in, uh, and and you know to the extent that you need more treatment, yep. then we look elsewhere. Takeaway for today: always drive with insurance, wear your seatbelt, make sure you call an injury lawyer. If there's injuries as soon as you've had a slip and fall or accident, it is key to getting things moving. Very simple to take care of. It just requires a phone call. Outside of show hours, Savan's number, 416-216-5910. You can go to help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. And if you have any questions, anytime, two places, mydisabilityquestions.com and myaccidentquestions.com. We'll do it all again next year, uh, right here, uh, next weekend, rather, right here on Talk Radio AM 640.